Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. In Jersey, 101.5. Streets of Union City. To your nighttime radio. Steve Travelis keeps you in the Jersey, no. Uh, welcome to Tuesday night in New Jersey, Steve Trevelace. You and me till 11 o'clock tonight with so much to talk about. Oh, my God, we have a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, Eric Legrand is calling in at 910. He's got a new bourbon, and he's raising money for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation with it. And uh, we're going to hear about it. We're going to hear all about it. We're going to toast to the new contract that Giants quarterback Daniel Jones got, which will keep him here. Uh, 10 o'clock, Joe Satriani. One of the greatest guitarists of rock and roll is going to be calling this radio show, and he's going to be talking about... Um, he's going to be down in Atlantic City this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, King of Prussia, and uh, talking about his art. So uh, a lot going on. And uh, what I want to start off with, you know, sometimes the answers are right in front of us. And I've talked about this before. And I uh, there's, a, there's an article on NJ1015.com that says, Closed Diners could become home to marijuana dispensaries. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, the first joke is, well, hell, maybe the marijuana dispensaries could keep the diners open. And then I marry that joke to an action, and I'm thinking, why not? Like, why not allow marijuana, you know, why not allow these marijuana dispensaries to open up and serve food, to perhaps open a diner? Why not allow the diners to serve edibles, you know, sell licenses. You can make some money on that. As we try to figure out a way, I heard uh, Spadia the other morning uh, talking about how the whole uh, liquor license industry is being screwed up by our own Governor Murphy. Not that he could screw anything up, but, you know, the idea that, you know, they want to make more and more licenses available to sell booze, and the people who have been in this forever and paid a lot of money for those licenses are going to be upset as well. They should be. And, uh, Here's a way that maybe we could give the restaurant industry in New Jersey, all those people that maybe lost their businesses to the pandemic or just the, from the cost of doing business in New Jersey, a way to uh, do better business in New Jersey. We are a state that is allowed to sell marijuana recreationally. So if we're doing it anyway, and they're opening up dispensaries, why not allow food to be sold at those dispensaries. Why not uh, take it to the next level? And if you want to open up a diner at that dispensary or a bigger food place, or if you want to allow, and you do this with licensing, of course, you know, where the restaurant applies for the license to sell edibles. And uh, off we go. 1-800-283-101.5. Last December, I wrote about how the powers that be in New Jersey are looking to open marijuana bars. And one of the stipulations they had uh, with these marijuana bars, and what the marijuana bars were, public places where people could go and get high. Public places where people could go smoke marijuana, chew marijuana, however they imbibe their marijuana. 
And one of the rules of this was no food, which made me shake my head and go, only in New Jersey. Why no food? You know? Uh, It just makes no sense. So I wrote a piece then about the idea if you could open marijuana bars, what a great way to revive the restaurant industry, let them sell food. So now let's take that to the dispensaries. If we're going to be putting dispensaries in closed-down diners, why not put them in diners that are already open? And, like, why not if you own, you know, if you're in the business of selling weed and weed makes you hungry, why wouldn't you be in the business of selling food? Why can't you be in the business of selling food? It's just, it's just connected dots. 1-800-283-101.5. I mean, is it just me? How do you feel about this? The marijuana industry should be treated the same as the liquor industry. Why is it you can get food in a bar, but not a marijuana bar? Or you can't serve food at a dispensary, right? You can, you can have food in places where you buy liquor. Why can't you have food in places where you buy weed? And uh, if New Jersey diners and restaurants had the ability to sell edibles, how much more revenue would that bring into their business at a time when we need it? When they need it. I've owned two food businesses in New Jersey, two different coffee shops, and watched them both die. Uh, Basically because, you know, for a number of reasons, one of which when you're in a summer, you know, when you're at the Jersey Shore and you can only make make money four months out of the year, you got to make as much money as you possibly can. Governor Murphy's trying to overhaul the liquor license laws which causes uproar among those who paid those high prices for years. Allowing the food establishments to sell and serve the edibles would be a much better alternative to businesses that can't afford or don't want to get into bar licenses. Maybe they're in the bar business, but maybe they like the marijuana business. How do you feel about this? Karen is in Blackwood on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. What do you think? Um, I told your producer, uh, I so the, you know, there's going to be a lot of red tape surrounding that idea. I Why? I what, what would the what would the red tape be? So you and I can see it, like okay, why should there be red tape? But you, you and I both know. I grew up. I was born in Scotland, but I obviously grew up here. I have a Jersey accent, but um, do I you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was getting a hankering for haggis as I heard you speak. And oh nobody God. gets a hankering for haggis, am I right? No, no. no. Actually, my dad loved haggis. What was wrong with him? <laughs> I know. It's kind of like Scrapple. It's- no, it's not. Yeah. That, is the, that is the one thing that actually looks up to Scrapple. I mean, yeah, uh, I honestly never tasted it, but... Um, okay, so, so good. What were you saying? I'm sorry. No, no, no apologies. Oh, my gosh. I listen to you every day. I'm a home infusion nurse. I drive... For that, I apologize, but good. No, no. You guys make my day listening every day. So, um, yeah, I just... Uh, you don't think it's going to be a lot of red tape? Yeah, but you know what? It's red tape that would be worth it because once you get through the red tape, everybody's better off, you know? For sure. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I never understood the idea of no food around weed. 
when you know it's just such a compliment for each other i if i if it were me and i owned a pizzeria i would have like the oregano the garlic the cheese and the wheat and you put it on your pizza yeah. and we'd be done it's like the joke, like kind of, it's kind of a joke. Like Girl Scouts should sell their cookies outside dispensaries. <laughs> Absolutely, well, what joke? What joke? I'd be down there staking. I'd be down there staking out a claim. Every mom should take their kid down there with a little tent and a and a, and a piece of chalk and draw a square and say, "This is for my kid." Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, it just. You know, and then, I don't know, I feel like they're, you know, then they're going to think, okay, well, now they're going to want to light up in the restaurant, maybe. No, because the smoking laws still exist. Right. Right? I mean, that that hasn't changed. You can eat in the restaurant. Think about this, Karen. Right. Think about the dishes the chefs could come up with. Think about the, the, the section on the menu that would say edible. And what they would be baking and what they would be cooking with those recipes. Handed down from that wacky aunt of yours, who you never could explain at the party. Karen, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Gary Allen, what do you think about this idea? I mean, I'm telling you, the more I read this, the more I think about it, I, I think it's great. Should New Jersey be selling licenses so that eateries would be able to serve edibles? Just makes sense. Your thoughts. Uh, are you in the market for flipping homes? Robert Dukansky of Remax First Advantage will help you get your newly renovated home sold fast and for the most money possible. Mary Ellen renovated a home in Somerville, had so much fun doing it, she decided to sell it and do it again with another home. She connected with Rob's team, who put their world-class marketing tools to work. In only eight days on the market, there were six showings, multiple offers. The home sold for $429,500, which was $14,500 over the list price. Mary Ellen got a great return on her investment and is eagerly anticipating the next project. Robert Dukansky has superior marketing to sell your home for the highest price possible. Rob's multi-million dollar marketing strategy is experienced negotiating attracts the best offer from the most qualified buyers. Call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Robert Dukansky at 855-350-1015. That's 855-350-1015 or online at robsellsnj.com. That's robsellsnj.com. J.com or Google Rob Sells NJ and start packing. Here's fast traffic. New Jersey weather brought to you by the New Jersey Golf Show. It may be winter outside, but inside the New Jersey Expo Center, it's golf season. The New Jersey Golf and Travel Show is March 11th and 12th. Shop, compare, and save on golf equipment, apparel, and accessories, even vacation packages. For tickets, go to NewJerseyGolfShow.com. 1-800-283-101.5. All right. How do you feel about this idea? Should New Jersey be selling licenses so that eateries would be allowed to serve edibles? All right. Why the licensing part? Because in New Jersey, they have to get their little taste. They got to get their little piece as we fight over the liquor licenses. They're putting the edibles in the... They're putting the, the dispensaries in closed diners. Open them up. Gary's in Colts Neck on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Gary. Hey, Steve. What's up? Not much. How you doing? All right. I'm good. So, listen. I, 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 this is crazy, right? I was young at one time. Were you really, Gary? Tell the truth. Were you, know, you really, Gary? Cool. Yeah. Yes. I'm still a little young, but I'm okay. So, uh, you know, when we used to smoke weed, we always had the munchies, obviously, but right. we'd be walking to Roy Rogers or whatever, you know? Right. And um, 
if you're going to make marijuana legal at these dispensaries, you got to have food, no? Yes. How do you not have food? In New, in New Jersey, of all places. Of course. We have food even when we don't have marijuana. It's just an added extra. If you drink alcohol, right, isn't it nice to have food in your belly so you don't be as... That's the thing that drives me crazy, right? Alcohol, you could have food. Marijuana, no. It's almost like you're being punished. Exactly. You buy your weed, you sit and starve. Who wants that? That's right. I think you'll see these poor, starving potheads... They're going to see poor, starving potheads sitting outside in the woods by themselves. These poor people haven't had a meal since they bought their edibles. Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of an... Won't you send your dollars to get them something to eat? And here we can do it in New Jersey. Am I right? We can do it. Thank you. Got it, Gary. Thanks for calling. New Jersey 101.5. I'm taking him on the road. Alan is in Laurel Springs on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Alan. Hey, Steve, how are you tonight? I'm good. How about you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't partake in the position I hold uh, professionally. It, it would, you know, it's against, like, I can't really do that. If they did any kind of blood draws, I would, you know, I would lose my job. So, I understand that. Um, cool. You know, I don't partake in that. I, I do agree that if, they're, if it's legal and they're selling it, um, they should have food along with it. The, the thing I wanted to discuss was, not sure if you're aware, you know, all these little microbreweries that are popping up all over they getting screwed the too. state of New Jersey. They're not allowed to sell food in the establishment. Do you work for a microbrewery, Alan? I do not, no. All right, because you know what? They're getting screwed too. And here we are. Murphy's worried about redoing the liquor license thing. So, you know what? Screw that. Why don't we just make it available for these companies to make more money, for these breweries to make more money, the dispensaries to make more money, the food industry to make more money. It's like a perfect marriage or a menage a trois. It's helping out the food truck industry because every every small brewery you go to, there's two or three food trucks sitting outside, which are making a killing. And the brewery's um, not. And the brewery is not. So, you know, there's a local one that I go to in Barrington, um, Tonewood, I think it's called, and they, they do not. They also have a location in Oakland, and neither place is allowed to sell food. But then there's a bar right on the corner called the, the, the Old Rail Tavern. It's been there for like like 100 years or something. It places places a relic. I mean, it's, it's an amazing place. Um, but they make a killing um, bringing food over to, to, uh, to Tonewood. Uh, so I guess maybe they picked that location because they could, you know, uh, you know, help themselves out. I don't know. But this is money that, you know, the, the hardworking people at the brewery should be seeing. Right. And this yeah. is money. And you want to put the food trucks in it. That's fine. But again, it's the same thing with the with the weed. You know, you got the dispensaries, which make people hungry, sell them food. It just, it just yeah. seems like it just seems like to, to go so hand in hand and only in New Jersey would they not only say, you know, not think of it, but come out and tell you that in these marijuana bars they're proposing, you can't do it. And it makes no sense. You you can bring it in. You can, like you said, with the food truck. So you can have a marijuana bar. You can order out and they will deliver food to you, but they can't sell yes. it. Right. 
And I, you know, I even thought about, I bought one of these little, uh, uni pizza ovens, uh, last year. Right. And I love making my homemade pizzas, Neapolitan pizzas and all that stuff, you know, from scratch. And, uh, my cousin and I were thinking about, you know, grabbing a trailer and, and opening up a little food truck thing and going around to these breweries. But there's so much red tape to even get a food truck license. It's not even worth it. It's, it's just, there's so many rules and regulations in the state. It's ridiculous. No, it truly is, Alan. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Curtis is in New Brunswick on New Jersey 101.5. Where you been, Curtis? What are you thinking? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, it, it, to me, it's a bunch of, you know what? Because in my country, can you hear me? I, I, I got you. In my country from Barbados, right. we grow it. Right. What, what, what's, what's the difference? What, that's, that's nobody's business if you smoke marijuana or not. Well, if they're going to have dispensaries where you can buy it, then why can't they allow you to sell food while you're there? Like, why can't the dispensary? Like, you're right. Yeah. They're going to need some food. Exactly. They're going to want to eat. So, 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 but the thing gets me about this. It's okay for you to go to the dispensary and then go right next door to the food place or outside to the food truck, but you cannot sell the food in the dispensary. My thought here isn't so much about the dispensary selling food, but about allowing the Jersey diners or the Jersey eateries who already do BYOB but can't get liquor licenses to be able to serve and sell edibles. Correct. But who makes these rules? It just makes so much sense. Curtis, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5, 1-800-283-101.5. Mike, Rose, I want to give you guys more time. How do you feel about this? Should New Jersey be selling licenses so that eateries would be allowed to serve edibles? Take the licensing part and do with it what you will. I'm just saying they're not going to do anything without getting their little taste. But when you like your little taste, imagine what an edible menu in your favorite eatery would look like. Imagine what it would taste like. See, you're already salivating. And while you're salivating, listen to this. 7.30. Now the latest. New Jersey traffic and weather is brought to you by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey. March is Problem Gambling Awareness Month. If you or someone you know is a gambling problem, make the call to 1-800-GAMBLER or go to 800gambler.org. Resources available 24 7 365 days. All right, Steve Trevelisse. All right, so uh, there's an article on NJ1015.com that uh, they're putting dispensaries in uh, closed-down New Jersey diners. And I'm thinking, what a great idea if you combine the dispensary and the diner. You could keep the diners open. And maybe, like, what if we licensed the diners to be able to sell edibles or bake it into the food or put them on the menu? 1-800-283-101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. What would that do for the food industry? What would that do for the dispensaries? I think it's a match made in heaven, or at least New Jersey. What do you think? Mike is in Glenn Gardner on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Mike. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good, pal. How are you? Very well. Um, here's the problem with this. I, I 100% agree with you. Right. Um, I'm a big, big, big marijuana advocate. Right. Uh, the problem is when they legalize weed in New Jersey, um, what happened with the edibles is they set them at a very low dose. Now, as okay. they did that for a reason, because out in Colorado, let's say, when they legalized, they had at high doses edibles, and 
the problem was that people didn't understand how strong they were, and they were ending up, you know, going into the emergency room because they were having, you know, panic attacks and stuff like that because it was just too much for them. Right. Um, so that's why New Jersey has said edibles at such a low dose. Um, they're trying to work their way up to it. But what has that got to do with selling? All the more reason to make it easier to sell in the diners and restaurants, right? It would be, but you could only sell up to a certain milligram. You know what I mean? You do that anyway. Hopefully, what's that? You could do that anyway. I mean, you could like on the menu put the you could put the warning on the menu. And as far as you know, what you're doing is you're basically uh, whatever dosage is in these edibles. Do they make you hungry? Yeah. Well, that's all we want. That's what I'm getting at. That's all we want. That's what I'm getting at, Steve. You okay, you got there. So that's all we want. Ways of, of breaking the THC down to where they could put it in drop forms, and literally they could do exactly what you're saying. They can put exactly how much they want in and, and tell you, but the problem is that New Jersey's not going to allow it for a long time. Why? I, I that's wish. my point. I don't because it's New Jersey, my man. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. What somebody, but you see, when it's New Jersey, my man, somebody's got to come on and push back against that, which is what we do here. Well, let's do it, Steve. Well, I'm trying. Come on, man. You and me, Mike, we can do this. As a matter right. of fact, we ought to get it. We ought to get a sandwich named after us on the menu: the Mike and Steve sandwich. I'm down for that. I'm down for that, but it better be a high dose, though. Absolutely. We know. I know what I'm dealing with. I got Mike and Glenn Gardner here. 1-800-283-101.5. John is in Manchester on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, John. Yeah, I was asking your uh, screener. Does the, the rule say you're not allowed to provide food or you're not allowed to sell food? Not allowed to sell food. You can have it delivered. You can bring it, no, but you no, can't sell it. Because that's the stupidity. That is New Jersey. Okay. But the workaround for this is you set up a free a free buffet, okay? And you just have a $25 cover charge to come into the establishment. You're not selling food. You have a cover charge. You have a free buffet. You're providing food, but you're not selling it. No, I get Here's it. your workaround. That kills your red tape. That's such you're, a... You're well with, Go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. That's such a that's such a Jersey idea. This is this is the way Jersey people think, right? We scam. We find the way around stuff. But then again, why do we have to Jersey Jersey? Can't they just give it to us? Can't they just say, "Hey, this is a good idea. We're going to bring in the legal weed." And when they when they decided they wanted to legalize weed, couldn't one of the selling points have been, "And look what it will do for the food industry." But instead, they gotta they gotta make it impossible. They gotta set boundaries. They gotta say you can't serve it. Steve, when has a New Jersey politician given you anything other than agita? Well, you see, that's the problem, you know, especially this New Jersey politician. But you're right, John. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I got a very simple question here. Uh and I got it on Twitter. I got the poll up. Follow me at Real Steve Trev. It's tweeted out at NJ1015. Uh, should New Jersey sell licenses so that eateries would be allowed to serve edibles? I've got, now this is kind of odd. I got 71 votes. 56.3% say no. And 43.7% uh, say yes. Margaret says, or we could just bring our own in. Now, here's what I don't understand. If you're going to say no, tell me why. Because it doesn't make sense. If if um, legalized edibles make you hungry, then why shouldn't the dispensary 
be allowed to serve food. Why would anybody have a problem with this? I would, I would welcome, I would welcome the explanation. Because to me, it just sounds like a no-brainer. Rose is in Flemington. Hi, Rose. Hi. I'd like to make a, a point. Uh, I'm 74, and uh, I was in the Hamptons, and somebody gave me something very strong. I wasn't much of a weedy, but, you know, right. I was a little taste of this and that. And one night, it was a rainy night, and I was driving to East Hampton, and I was, you know, having a real hard time. My point is this. I like the idea that we have our dispensaries, and they can sell this and that, and our diner should be open, but we've got to also look at the automotive factor. I have a cousin who got high and flying and walked, you know, we had to a bridge and he was dead at seven. Well, that's the same thing with the liquor laws. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, you can't go to a bar. The same laws apply we, if you go to a bar. Why don't we have home delivery? You can do that. But I'm not. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be able to, you know, there are a lot of people who come home from work and they don't necessarily want to go out. They'd right. like to have something good, get it delivered, and have a little something on the side with the wine and everything. Bring it all to the house. Now they can get as stupid as they want. They can have a hot bath and they can play with themselves. It works. But how do you feel about the idea of, I think, oh, yeah. of New Jersey I'm, I'm selling it. licenses so that eateries would be allowed to serve edibles? Serve it and deliver it. There that- you go. Serve it and deliver it. Boy, I, begin, I give Grubhub a new meaning, right? one 800 I love the idea. Where are you? I got the poll up. I don't understand. Like, if the poll was 56 to 43, no. Somebody explain to me why. This just sounds like a no-brainer. You got diners closing left and right. You got dispensaries opening. Maybe if they got together, you could open the dispensary. The diners could be allowed to serve the edibles. Maybe combine the two. And everybody makes, you know, everybody does well. We all enjoyed a weekend for a change. Now I'm quoting Billy Joel. Look, look, look what this is doing to me. 1-800-283-101.5. The only one who's being held back from what they want or need to do or had to stop doing things altogether because of pain. Have you heard someone say, I don't do that anymore. I can't because of my hip, knee, foot, back. My et cetera is really hurting. If pain is holding you back, you can do something about it. You need to go to Trinity Rehab. Does this sound familiar to you? I went to the doctor and they gave me muscle relaxers and pain pills and told me to follow up in a week. Well, Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you've ever tried. No prescriptions needed, same-day appointments, fast results. Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, and frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three, five-minute sessions, and no prescription is needed to get started. Trinity Rehab has done Dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, like their newest ones in Woodbridge, Flemington, Toms River, and Wall. So you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. Jersey Radio. By Carl's Fencing, Decking, and Home Improvement. Carl's is your one-stop shop for incredible service on all your outdoor home improvement needs. Decking, roofing, siding, windows, and doors. And, of course, fencing. Surround yourself with the best. Visit bycarls.com. That's bycarls.com. Alright, 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. Asking the musical question, should New Jersey sell licenses so that eateries would be allowed to serve edibles? Uh, this makes sense to me. Like I said, they're having, uh, they're taking diners that have been closed. 
for the pandemic or they just couldn't do business in New Jersey because of the cost of doing business in New Jersey for whatever reason. And they're putting dispensaries in there, which is great. But since you're in a diner, why don't they let them sell food? And if you're a diner, why can't you sell edibles? Maybe you don't want to go full-blown dispensary, but if you could have like an edible section of the menu, uh, would that be great for business? 1-800-283-101.5. So the poll, I got 91 voters. And surprisingly, uh, 57.1% say no, that the diner should not be allowed, that the eatery should not be allowed to do this, diners, restaurants, whatever. And uh, 42.9% say yes. Uh, UE replies, it really doesn't matter as anyone can buy or bring edibles with them. Of course, it will destroy the dispensary even more. I don't see how it destroys the dispensary. I think it makes things better for both the dispensary as well as the eatery. 1-800-283-101.5. Where are you? I mean, if edibles make you hungry and they make food available for you, it's another revenue stream for the dispensary. If you're in the dispensary business, you should be happy. If you're a restaurant owner a diner owner, and you would love people to order more food and you put something out there that would make them hungry. I mean, you know what? If you go to a bar, and I don't do this anymore because everybody's gotten so paranoid about touching and everything, but once upon a time, uh, many bars would have uh, dishes of salt and nuts on the bar. That's not because they like you. <laughs> it's because they want you to drink. Um, there was a bar called McCann's up on 42nd Street and uh, 7th Avenue in Manhattan when I went to broadcasting school. And we used to go there for lunch all the time. And they would go so far as to have an entire free buffet where you can go in and make a sandwich out of all kinds of salted meats and cheeses. Why? To make you hungry. And it worked. So 1-800-283-101.5. Something, somebody said something this hour that uh, spurred my interest for the next hour. And uh, we're going to move on from marijuana to our breweries, so stick around. On your radio, online, and on your smart speaker. WKXW Trenton, WKXW HD. Yeah, 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 Steve Trevelisse. Talking to you until 11 o'clock tonight. Tomorrow night we got trivia, music, movies, television, New Jersey. New Jersey 101.5. Gemini's going to be here as he always is. Mark Riccadonna, Justin Gonzalez. All bragging and taking a victory lap over that great show they did last Thursday night at the Pox Casino. Nice. Cinderella was here minding the store. I'd rather be here. More fun. Uh, so if you go to nj1015.com, uh, you could check out uh, my my uh, my stories on uh, on the website. Like we talked about the cameras in the classrooms and why that's a great idea. I put that up on the website. We talked about the main ingredient that could help New Jersey diners stay open forever. Vodka. 
for your laundry. I got it all on the website. But uh, getting back to the main ingredient to keep the diners open forever, we talked about this in the last hour. I want to add an ingredient to this hour. Okay, so I want to keep this going. 1-800-283-101.5. The idea that should New Jersey be uh, able to sell licenses because they have to sell licenses because it's New Jersey and they want to make their money. They want to get their taste. They want to get their drag, so to speak. But when you see the diners are closing or they're taking the closed diners and putting marijuana dispensaries in there, it's on NJ1015.com. And I'm thinking my first thought, what a great way to keep the diners open, but to be able to sell marijuana there. So as we battle over the uh, renovation of the liquor licensing industry in New Jersey, why not we create a marijuana licensing industry in New Jersey and allow the diners and the restaurants to be able to sell the edibles, allow the dispensaries to be able to sell the food? 1-800-283-101.5. If food, you know, if uh, marijuana makes you hungry and you are selling it, wouldn't it be a no-brainer to be able to sell food? New Jersey says you can't do that. They're talking about the idea of marijuana bars in New Jersey. One of the rules of the marijuana bars, you would not be allowed to sell food. But get this. You could have it delivered. You could bring it. But you can't sell it. Three letters come to mind. The first one's a W. I mean, seriously. So uh, I put the poll up. I put the Twitter poll up. Should New Jersey sell licenses so that eateries be allowed to serve edibles? And believe it or not, 109 votes, 53.2% say no, and 46.8% say yes, which is really close. And I don't understand why uh, anyone would have an, uh, uh, an objection to this. And if it's you, I'd love to know it. So I'm going to leave that out there. 1-800-283-101.5. Should New Jersey... Uh, sell licenses so that eateries would be allowed to serve edibles. Just think about what the diners would be like. You know, think about the menu. If the um, if those great chefs, those great diner cooks, many of them open those places, restaurants. If they could actually serve, have a menu, an edible section on the menu, baking it in, cooking it in, would that do good for business? one 800 And while we were doing this last hour, somebody called in and uh, talked about how the breweries in New Jersey are not allowed to sell food. That they're only allowed to provide token food items like chips or crackers, all of which must be prepackaged. Private or social event hosts, but not the breweries themselves, are permitted to bring food. But they've got to take it with them when they leave. And I don't understand that. There's a brewery... Uh, in Heightstown that uh, doesn't serve food. You go there and they'll give you a beer, but then you have to, they have menus that you can use to order out with. And why can't, why shouldn't they be able to serve food? 1-800-283-101.5. So I want to throw that out there as well. And the other thing too is, I had asked this, I put this, um, I crowdsourced this on Facebook and Twitter, basically asking where are the best breweries in New Jersey? And which of their brew is the best? And Ryan, if any of these calls come in, if you could just make a note for me, we'll make this into a post. All right, so 1-800-283-101.5. Why is it New Jersey breweries are not allowed to sell food that isn't prepackaged? Why can't they serve food? 
Why is that a problem? If you own a brewery, if you visit or you frequent the brewery, would you like to be able to buy food there? 1-800-283-101.5. And uh, also, because I, I put this up again a couple of weeks ago, and surprisingly, a lot of people shared it, but I only got a few responses. So while we're at this, I want you to tell me, where are the best microbreweries in New Jersey? And which of their brew is the best? Where are the best breweries in New Jersey? You go out for beer in New Jersey. What's the best beer to order when you get there? Name the brewery, name the order. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put it in a post at nj1015.com so that everybody can see it. Because there are probably so many people, so many great beers in New Jersey. They had a microbrewery festival over the weekend. You know, there are probably so many great beers in New Jersey that people don't know about. This could be a way to get the word out. Our website, millions of hits. Uh, Johnny's in West Windsor on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Johnny. Hey, John, uh, hey, Bill, how are you? I'm good. Can you get a little closer to the phone? Okay, hold on a second. Okay. Uh, I'm actually driving, so can you hear me okay? Uh, you're good. Be careful, man. Don't, don't do anything stupid. Like talk on the phone while you're driving. Got it. Go ahead. What are you thinking? Yeah, so I totally agree with you that um, there should be a rule or regulation that allows a switchover. The problem here that you have here is, let's just say a, a diner switches over and is able to sell. Right. Uh, what you have here is cross-contamination. What do you mean? Uh, if, they're making, if they're making sort of, you know, in, uh, weed-induced food... Right. What about the cooks? Do the cooks have to be 18 or older to be able to do it? The people Don't they have to be 18 or older now? I mean, do you have cooks that are underage? Well, I mean, they're not working in the dispensary underage. No. So, I mean, are they working? That's what I'm asking. So, you're saying do they have to hire cooks that are, you know, that are 18 or older? I, I, I don't know. Do you know of any places where the cook is 17? No, but they don't sell they don't sell weed, right? So right, but I'm just saying most cooks are. Don't you have to be 18 to be a cook? Oh no, I mean you can go work at McDonald's for like at 16 and and, and make a, a burger, right? So you don't do it at McDonald's, right? Right, but what 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 you're trying to say here is like the diners, the diners, this would be a good business for them, right? But they also, but the the thing here is they can't allow 18 or people under the age of 18 to come in and all sorts of stuff. So No, wait a second. Wait a second. Johnny, let me ask you this. Yeah. What about what about the bar industry? What about the liquor industry, right? People work in right. bars. There are 17, 18-year-olds bussing tables in bars, in, in bars that, like Applebee's where they serve liquor Fridays. Why is that not a problem? I don't think that should be a problem because the people who come into those bars have to be at a certain age who should be no. um, okay to, uh, to, to indulge themselves, if you want to call it that. But, but Johnny, um, I go to Fridays. If I take my wife and kids to Fridays and my kids are 16 and we go out for dinner and I've taken my sons to, 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 all their lives, we go out to restaurants that serve liquor. Never a problem, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a good point, but well. let's just say, for what I'm saying here is, you go to Fridays. It's a good example. You go to Fridays, you order a burger, mm -hmm. and your kids order, like, some kid's menu. Right. 
okay, the safety regulation in the back or, or in sort of the kitchen area where there might be able to, for some reason, a mistake could happen where they're mixing their their whatever accidentally into the chicken fingers for the kids. Mm, that's 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 but, control. Yeah, but you know what? I, I think they can work around that. Johnny, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I don't see that as a problem. You know, you just... You just wouldn't do it. You'd have it so far away. 1-800-283-101.5. So two questions. Mike, I want to give you more time. Uh, one, should New Jersey breweries be allowed to serve food? And where are the best microbreweries in New Jersey? What's their best brew? And two, uh, you know, which is what we were talking about last hour, should New Jersey sell licenses so that eateries be allowed to serve edibles? Look what I'm doing for you. Here's New Jersey 101.5, Fast Traffic. Weather brought to you by the New Jersey Lottery. Life's all about dreaming big. With Mega Millions now up to 188 million, what are you waiting for? The $2 ticket could make you New Jersey's next mega winner. So why not take a chance on Mega Millions? After all, anything can happen in New Jersey. Steve Trevelisse, 1-800-283-101.5. All right, we're talking about the idea of uh, diners being able to sell edibles. Restaurants being able to sell edibles. New Jersey breweries being able to serve food. Whatever happened to eat, drink, and be merry? Now it's eat here, drink there, and uh, you're not too merry if you can't combine the two. I think you'd be a lot happier. Mike is in Cherry Hill on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Mike. Hi, how are you? Good, how you doing? Like anything dysfunctional in New Jersey, there's a strong lobby behind it. Right. And this is the New Jersey Restaurant Hospitality Association is trying to protect their liquor license. But what's the, the problem? First, the problem is that to become a competition, like you have a brewery that they didn't want to be open in the first place, and then the brewery lobby somehow got it going so that they will become tasting rooms. That's the idea behind the brewery as a tasting room. And if they start serving food, then the restaurant next door becomes hurt. So they're trying to protect the restaurants by preventing these tasting rooms to serve food. So the brewery can't compete with the restaurant. The restaurant has a liquor license, a full liquor license. The, the brewery. License. The restaurant has a liquor license that costs him a million dollars and Cherry Hill $2 million. Like he can't even get it. Right. And now this guy is going to be serving food, and the other guy next door, the big guy who's paying millions of dollars to the association, is going to have competition around him. But can't the brewery contribute to the union as well? Because they're only selling beer as opposed to full liquor, no, wine, and everything else, right? Here's a cash 22 that can be members of the restaurant association because they're not considered restaurants. The brewery, but if the but if they became if they opened the restaurant, they would be. I understand what you're saying, and you make a lot of sense. It should be that way, but oh. they, they couldn't they couldn't prevent them from becoming a business when they first became a business. Mm -hmm. So they came up with this cockamamie setup that you can't serve the beer, but you cannot. You know, you can't, can't serve the food. But can't it be like a degree of license where you say, okay, you can, they have, you can only serve beer and wine. You can serve liquor. There should be liquor. a degree. There yeah. should be. I mean, the little Mexican restaurant, the little pizzeria that wants to serve something, they can't serve. They, I mean, there's there's no license in New Jersey that says you can serve beer, you know, beer and wine. you got to pay millions of dollars for it. Yeah. If you can. See, first of all, this, each, each town, each borough, each city is limited 
to how many licenses they can issue depending on the population, and that changes every 20 years. Right. So even if the population changed within the 20 year span, you cannot, you can't get a license. Every, every so often they, you know, they count how many people to issue licenses. That never happens. No, I, I get that. Murphy's trying to re, you know, reorganize the liquor industry. And I don't want to take anything away from the people who paid all that money to have their licenses. But I think that like, if there was a special license or something, some kind of a compromise for the brewery, which is only serving and selling their own beer to be able to serve a meal with that, uh, they, wouldn't, be, yeah, right. they wouldn't be taking business away from the restaurant anyway. Mike, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. TJ's in Freehold on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, TJ. Hey, Steve. Good to hear your voice today. I, I really enjoy your program. So, Thank you, pal. Um, I've traveled a lot, and I've gone out to the Pacific Northwest, and believe me, there are both restaurants there that have liquor licenses, and there are breweries that serve food there, and both businesses can you know do business and they're both doing well so it doesn't make sense that a brewery can't serve uh, any food at that location because people who are going to a brewery are different from those who are going to an Applebee's there's two different focuses somebody's going out for dinner to have just dinner and a drink and then there's people that are going out to have like a craft beer but they'd like to have something to eat while they're there the the problem that I see if they're going to devalue a liquor license. Um, like for instance, for a, uh, like a restaurant that paid $250,000 or $500,000 or whatever the cost of their liquor licenses. Um, it, if you think about how Uber took away the value of, um, you know, the, the, the cabs, right? So those people would pay for a medallion. It'd be worth 250,000. And then out of nowhere, Uber came and they're doing almost the same type of thing. And the value of those medallions went from 250,000 to about $10,000. And that's where I guess that these uh, restaurants and these breweries have their conflict. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me though, because it's a little bit different when it comes to a brewery, when they're just, doing their own beers there and that's yeah they're not trying to compete it, it the brewery's focus isn't to compete with the restaurant the brewery's focus is to sell beer so the right. idea of the restaurant if the restaurant is worried that there's a restaurant going to open next door to us well that's fair play it's competition if the restaurant is worried that the brewery is going to open next door i I think it's an apples and oranges thing because you specifically, unless there's some kind of a burger that they make that you love, you're specifically going there for the brewery. I think you're 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 right on point by saying apples and oranges. Like yeah. I said, both in like you go to Oregon and Washington, both are totally different. You can go to a restaurant and you can get a great meal and people will go there. You go out to a brewery, they're going to have food. It might be bar food. It might be just wings. It might be just small bar food type stuff. People are there for a different purpose. So both can survive if, if we just follow what uh, people are doing over in the West Coast too. And you know what? The brewery would, you know, maybe the brewery latches on to uh, somebody makes these incredible wings. And they're able to market that. You know, they have now a food specialty. What's your favorite brewery, TJ? Uh, Twin Lights Brewery. It's in uh, Tinton Falls right now. Right. These guys are real up and coming. They make some really great hoppy beers. They make some really good stuff. I highly recommend people check them out. Um, what beer do you recommend they try? 
Uh, Double Vision is one of my favorites right now. A foreigner man, huh? Okay. Mm, yeah. yeah. Right. Good like stuff. Thanks, DJ. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Where are the best breweries in New Jersey? But uh, should they be allowed to sell food? Uh, right now, they cannot. I got a Twitter poll up. Should New Jersey breweries be allowed to serve food? Where are the best micro breweries in New Jersey? And uh, which of their brews are the best? 92 votes. 94% say yes. And 5.4% say no. That's because they're not hungry yet. Now, as we go to the, uh, the, the, the pot poll, <laughs> we ask which of the New Jersey uh, dispensaries, you know, should they be allowed to sell food? Very, very simple question here. And uh, on that one, we've got 93 votes. I saw 127 votes. Should New Jersey sell licenses so that eateries be allowed to sell edibles? And it's like 50-50. 50.4% say yes. 49.6% say no. Your thoughts. It's 8.30. Now the latest New Jersey news from... ...to by W. Daily Electrical. Weather is unpredictable. But with Generac Automatic Standby Generator from W. Danley, you'll always have power. Right now, get 0% financing with payments as low as $139 a month. Visit Danley911.com. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Steve Trevelisse. There should be like a two-drink minimum to listen to the show tonight. I say that usually in jest, but tonight, Eric Legrand is coming up uh, in less than a half hour to talk about his new bourbon. Uh, meanwhile, we talked last hour about the idea of Jersey diners being allowed to sell edibles and bake them into the food. And uh, it was brought up that hour that the breweries in New Jersey are not allowed to sell food. And New Jersey law only allows breweries to provide token food items like chips or crackers, all of which must be prepackaged. There's a brewery by me that uh, you can get menus, you can order out, but they can't serve you food. And I don't understand why. It's not, I, I don't see it as competition for the restaurants because the people at the brewery, if you can only sell the beer you brew, then what's the bigger draw? Uh, you know, unless the restaurant that's competitive is selling the same beer, I don't see it as a problem. 1-800-283-101.5. So should the microbreweries or the breweries in New Jersey be allowed to sell beer? And also, I want to do a post, so give me some ideas. What is your favorite brewery in New Jersey? And what beer do you like the best that they brew? What do you go for when you get there? 1-800-283-101.5. It just, to me, seems like apples and oranges about the, from what I understand, there's lobbying going on to keep this from happening. Uh, Governor Murphy's trying to revolutionize the liquor licenses uh, industry, and I get that, and I feel for the people who spent all the money on the liquor licenses, and, and they shouldn't be messed with. And there are available liquor licenses in New Jersey that uh, if you instead of trying to create newer, cheaper ones, try to sell the ones that are already available. But as far as the breweries go, you know, or as far as the edibles go, you know, there's, there, it's so hard to make money with a new business in New Jersey. And you would think that the state would work to keep you from there, you know, to, to, to keep you able to do it. And yet they work so hard to keep you from doing it. Should they come up with a, a special license that would say, like I said before with the edibles, here's a license to sell edibles. It's got nothing to do with the liquor license. 
You still can't sell booze. You're gonna sell. You're gonna sell edibles, or with the breweries, you know, you're gonna be able to sell food. It's gonna be low cost, and the only liquor you're gonna sell in the place is your beer. So they're calling them tasting rooms. Is the food? Is the fact that you go to a tasting room to buy, you know, to to buy beer? And pick up a burger while you're there. Is that going to really damage the restaurant? Because it seems to me that you weren't going to the restaurant anyway because they didn't sell the beer. Bernard is on the turnpike on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Bernard. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. What are you thinking? So, uh, personally, I, I go to a brewery over in Matawan, New Jersey. Right. It's uh, called Alternate Ending. They sell food from uh, Tallulah's Kitchen and uh, from Asbury, and it's phenomenal. They got great pizza, great burgers. Uh, they have a lot of fun events. How were they able to sell food from Tallulah's Kitchen? That is a question I don't have the answer to. Okay, with an alternate ending in Matawan. Yep, and then I love uh, the source over in Colts Neck on 34. The source? Uh, they have great beers. Their list is always phenomenal. Um, the only problem is no food. So, you know, you can only have one, two, maybe three. And then uh, after that, you know, you got to sober up. They also have a distillery on premises with the source. See, that, that's another thing. You know, so now, right, rather than give you the food there, they're going to get you going to drink and you're not having anything in your stomach, which will get you buzzed. And then send you out on the road to find something to eat. Isn't it safer to have the food in the restaurant, in the brewery? A hundred percent. And that's why I usually end up going to the closer one, which is alternate ending. Right, with the Lulas. I Exactly. All right, Bernard, good stuff. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. All right, let's see. We got Twin Lights in Titan Falls. We got Double Vision is the beer. We got Alternate Ending in Matawan. Uh, we got The Source in Cold Snack. Where are the good microbreweries in New Jersey? And should you be able to eat there? 1-800-283-101.5. Getting back to what I was saying, though, I mean, I don't see the competitive, the competition between the restaurants and the microbreweries. Unless the restaurant was selling the same brew that was being sold in the brewery, same beer. Because you're not going there for the beer. I mean, you know, for the food. Now, if you're going there for the food, then it's just restaurant competition. Who makes the better burger? Who's got the better price? 1-800-283-101.5. So where are you? You know, where do you go? And, like, if you go to a brewery, would you like to be able to order food? It makes no sense to me that you can't, but apparently you can't. New Jersey law only allows breweries to provide token food items like chips, crackers, all of which must be prepackaged. Private or social event hosts, but not the breweries themselves, are permitted to bring food, but must take it with them when they leave. And uh, this according to the New Jersey Monitor. So uh, I, go, I go on the Twitter. Uh, I got the Twitter poll. And the Twitter poll was 119 votes so far. And 95.8% uh, say yes to the question, should New Jersey breweries be allowed to serve food? So we know how we feel in New Jersey. That doesn't mean it's always going to happen, thanks to our governor. So what about you? Yeah, tell me about you. 
Where are your favorite breweries? Now I got a nice list coming in here on social media. You can follow me, Real Steve Trev, on Twitter. Of course, I'm on Facebook. Uh, but also, there's calling the radio station. Calling the radio station is always good. We will let you on, especially if you call right now. You know, uh, or you're too busy drinking. And uh, we're going to move in. We're going to move now. We're going to move on from, uh, we started at edibles. Now we're at beer. We're going to bourbon at 910. After that, I don't know. Uh, 1-800-283-101.5. After that, Joe Satriani. We're talking art. Uh, Classic rock guitar legend, Joe Satriani. How about that? Do you know anyone who's being held back from what they want or need to do or had to stop doing things altogether because of pain? Have you heard me say, I don't do that anymore or I can't because of my hip, knee, foot, back, etc.? If pain is holding you back, you can do something about it. You need to go to Trinity Rehab. Does this sound familiar to you? I went to the doctor, doctor, and they gave me my muscle relaxers and pain pills and told me to follow up in a week. Well, Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you've ever tried. No prescription needed, same-day appointments, fast results. Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, and frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions, and no prescription is needed to get started. Trinity Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Like their newest ones in Woodbridge, Flemington, Toms River, and Wall. So you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. Jersey Radio. Yeah, yeah. This St. Patrick's Day, New Jersey 101.5, giving you the luck of the Irish. You can win free New Jersey lottery scratch-offs plus a Wegmans gift card. Just listen at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. for our secret code word. Enter it on our app to win free New Jersey lottery scratch-offs and a Wegmans gift card. There's three lucky winners every weekday. Thanks to our sponsor, New Jersey Lottery and Wegmans Food Market. Stop by your local store or order at Wegmans.com. May the luck of the Irish be with you from New Jersey, 101.5, and also with you. All right, a couple of questions here. Uh, this, is like, uh, this is like the liquor hour. This is like the liquor show. Right. We start off with the edibles and uh, should they be allowed to be served in uh, New Jersey eateries, which I say, yeah, make a license for them and let them do it. Since we've got eateries being, uh, you know, dispensaries going into closed New Jersey diners. We could talk about I'm going to put a post up tomorrow about all the great New Jersey diners that are no longer with us and what we'd love to eat from them. Uh, the other one is should New Jersey breweries be allowed to serve food. And where are the best breweries in New Jersey? And where's the best beer to get from those breweries? Because you tell me that. I'm going to put a post at nj1015.com advertising all of these places because I want to get the word out for you guys. I want you guys to do well. Peter is in Lawrence on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Peter. Well, you know, Stephen, I wasn't going to call until you started talking about my industry. Oh, okay. As a restaurateur, yes. there should be food in breweries. Now, there was Triumph Brewery. Right. In Princeton, right. on Nassau Street, right. which was open for many years, which originated, I believe, in New Hope. I remember that. What happened to Triumph Brewery? Um, they are moving their uh, uh, operation to the old post office near the, near the hotel. Okay. Now, my brewery that I like to go to, or have someone get it for me, okay. is uh, River Horse. Where? In Ewing. 
Say it again. River Horse Brewing Company. Liver Horse? River Horse. I wonder how they got that name. Okay. But uh, the one that I have him get is Triple Triple Horse, Belgian Triple. I like it. I also like the Whale Cousin, New England-style IPA. New England-style IPA. But the thing is that if they are able to serve food, you are increasing your income, you're increasing your sales. Yeah. Increasing employment. But you need someone in the assembly, what is tenant, to sponsor a bill to restructure the liquor license laws. Well, they're working on that. But the thing is, if people paid big money for liquor licenses, they shouldn't be messed with. And I understand that. But if you're going to a brewery specifically to have that brew, then why should it be a problem? I don't know. There are some townships that do it to the highest bidder. That's how they make their money. Right. Then you have your liquor license renewal. Mm -hmm. Now, when we sold, it was 2000 a year. Right. Renew. Right. Only two fifty. We had to pay DABC, but you had to have every single employee on your liquor license renewal um, plaque that they give you when they um, give you your renew liquor license. So- but again, this this isn't I don't this isn't a liquor license competition. This is just so that the breweries could sell. But Peter, thanks for the food. Uh, and again, if it comes down to who makes the better burger, then that really doesn't have anything to do with the liquor anyway. The only reason people would go to that brewery is to drink that specific brewery's beer, which wouldn't be sold unless they made a deal in the bar with the liquor license. Eric Grant, coming up. for Best Newscast. New Jersey 101.5 has received the 2022 Edward R. Murrow Award for Best Newscast. We bring you our best because you bring us yours. You're simply the best. Proud to be New Jersey 101.5. WKXW Trenton. WKXW HD. It's all right. It's all right. That's all right. Steve Trevely is getting you through tonight till 11 o'clock. And 1-800-283-101.5. And go to nj1015.com. Find out how vodka can help you with your laundry. Uh, and also, coming up at 10 o'clock tonight, Joe Satriani. Rock and roll guitar legend Joe Satriani be calling in. Uh, tomorrow night, we got Trevia Music, Movies, Television, New Jersey, New Jersey, 101.5 with Gemini, Mark Riccadonna, uh, Justin Gonzalez, and Dina Blizzard will be here Thursday night. But right now, when Rutgers legend Eric Legrand gets an idea, most of us get an idea, we say that's a good idea. Eric Legrand gets an idea, it becomes another, uh, another fledging great business, and he joins us now. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Uh, you're amazing. You are amazing, right? You go from Rutgers booth, you're doing coffee, and now you're doing Eric Legrand Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. My partner, Brian Axelrod, and I have been working on this project for about a year and a half, two years, and we made an announcement that we are going to do it last year right after I opened up the coffee shop to just let people know that my mind is always going, and I want people to be able to enjoy this bourbon that we have and because I enjoyed and a lot of times people don't realize that I can enjoy 
you know, a cocktail or things like that. And myself, I like to drink it neat. So I want other people to have that same experience and just end, end the stigma for someone with a disability. Do you make the bourbon in Jersey or do you make it in Kentucky? Mm. It's Kentucky, you know. I've learned you got to eat the, if you want street cred. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if, you want, if you want the best bourbon, it's got to come from Kentucky. And we have great partners out of there, Bardstown, who we're excited to work with. And uh-huh. they, they got us some great product, and we're, we're really glad to bring it to the market. And not only that, but you're helping out the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. Tell us about that. Yeah, there, you know, there's a purpose behind everything that I do. And we want to be able to raise funds for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation so we can find a cure for paralysis and be able to help all these different clinical trials that will be going on throughout the country in the upcoming years and be able to live Christopher Reeve's dream. And that's a world of empty wheelchairs. And if you guys know me from my Rutgers playing days, my number was 52. So every case that we sell, $5.20 will be donated back to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. So we want to sell as many cases as possible. So not only, you know, we people enjoying the bourbon, but it's for a great cause as well and helping 5.6 million Americans dealing with some sort of paralysis. Since you've been involved with the Christopher Dana Reeve Foundation, what kind of progress have you seen? Oh, it's amazing to see where epidural stimulation has taken off to having to get in, yeah, surgery implanted on the inside of your spine to now working with Onward or based out of Switzerland where they're doing stimulation on the outside of of the people's body now so you don't have to have a full um, procedure and just to see the differences of the way that it's working for people using walkers being able to regain function in their bowels and bladder sensation throughout their body you know it's the little things that happen a lot of times someone sees somebody with a spinal cord injury they just think oh they can't move in a wheelchair but no there's a lot of secondary complications that come with it and we're able to with the research and development that's going on to be able to cure some of those little goals and make people get, have a better quality of life. Yeah, and you're at, you know, you're at the forefront of that. You know, from all that you've seen in your involvement and the progress that can be made, you know, what do you see lying ahead? I, I, I truly believe in my lifetime, God willing, that we will find this cure for paralysis. Obviously, it doesn't happen overnight. I've been injured for 12 and a half years now, but I still believe and I'm still pushing. And obviously, I want to do my part and use my platform to be able to raise awareness, raise the funds that we're going to need now and in the future to take this to the next level where one day we can look at a spinal cord injury and just say, you know what, they got an injury, well, they can go through surgery and they can go through rehab and they'll be walking again. And I truly believe in miracles and that that could happen through God. We've come so far, so fast with so many things. Eric Legrand, Eric Legrand, Kentucky Straight Bourbon uh, is coming to the state of New Jersey. Eric's new business. Uh, I would be remiss if I did not ask you about uh, your thoughts watching the Super Bowl and seeing uh, Isaiah Pacheco running for the Chiefs. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's, it's such a crazy thing, too, because I love Isaiah Pacheco, Rutgers family. You know what that really means to me and all of us players. I'm a diehard Denver Broncos fan. Uh-oh. He's <laughs> win. But, man, I love watching Isaiah Pacheco. I'll tell you that. When he, when he gets the ball, I get excited. But anybody else touches the ball, I'm like, boo. <laughs> He's amazing. 76 yards, 15 carries. And uh, the Eagles had no answer for him. They had no, they had no idea that he was coming. Uh, now, you knew watching him at Rutgers, right? You knew what was coming. Absolutely. I'll never forget his freshman year when he broke off his 75-yard touchdown versus Michigan, and everyone opened their eyes like, whoa, who is this kid as his freshman? And obviously got to see what he turned into. And then a seventh-round pick 
you obviously we all know now he was definitely worth him being you know drafted higher. But he went out there and he plays like he plays every single day, like it's the last time he's going to carry that ball. That's how he runs it. Uh, like I said. Every time he touches the ball, I root for the kid. <laughs> and you hope he signs with the Broncos one day, right? What do you think about the Broncos, man? Oh, man. What do I think about my Broncos? Let's just say it's been rough. <laughs> Super Bowl, it's been rough for your boy. I still pull my pitiful self up to the TV every Sunday. Uh-huh. I game with some hope and belief that, that things are going to change. And I'm hoping now that we got Sean Payton, that it's, Finally, can take that turn that we need. We've had three rookie coaches that just weren't successful. Now, I'm hoping bringing in Sean Payton, he can get with Russell Wilson, and we can be back to being Super Bowl contenders again. How about that, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson? You know what they can't do for players, they do for coaches. Denver's going to be a completely a, a new look this year. They're going to be completely different. And if uh, Payton can get through, what did you think about Daniel Jones' contract that came out today? Hey, that's hey, that's what that's, that's the way the market is. He went out there, he proved himself with Brian Dable this year, and he got that money. And, I mean, what else are you going to do? You have to pay for that quarterback position. It's the one position that you really need. And if they see what he was able to do under Dable for one year, mm-hmm. honestly, we can look back on this in, in two, three years from now and be like, hey, that was a steal. You know, because the way that the QB market is going nowadays, you know, soon there's going to be people getting – Fifty to sixty million dollars a year. So. Oh God, yeah, and not, and not, you know, not one day. Like one day, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> every, every time exactly. a quarterback comes up. Exactly. So to be able to sign him now at that price, obviously, you see one year, like oh, I want to see more. But hey, the way that the QB market is, if he can develop into what you think he's still young, was he twenty six, twenty five, whatever? Year? Yeah, about twenty five, twenty six. Be a steal in the next few years. All right, now I got to ask you about Rutgers. What do you see? How do you think Rutgers is going to do this year? Oh man, we I, I, I'm really excited to see the development of them. I know it's a everyone's like it's the make or break year for them, and I'm I'm happy that Coach Sharaka is back as the OC. He was my offensive coordinator there, but to see how he's grown as a coach when his time at Penn State in Minnesota, I think it's just perfectly with Rutgers' needs right now on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, Gavin Wimsett at quarterback, but. I'm happy to have a veteran coach in there who knows his, knows the program, knows how to work on the coaching and just get some offense going because we know the defense is going to come out and play, but I have faith in the offense. Your relationship with Coach Yano is a special one. You know, before I let you go, tell us about that. I remember the two of you on the carpet at the Jersey Hall of Fame. Tell us about your relationship with Coach. Yeah, that's my guy, you know, through it all. Through thin, he was there for me in my darkest times and darkest moments and Sacrificing time with his family, sacrificing sleep to be bedside with me when I needed when I needed him the most, and I'll always give him you know my props. And he knows I always got his back directed because he didn't have to be there. He didn't have to help my family. He didn't have my mom, but he always talks about being a man of his word. And he told me when I was a recruit that he lives up to people to his word, and he's going to treat all his players like they're his kids. And that's exactly what he did with me. So now it's, it's funny how he's he was my coach and now. I consider him a friend. And I think we raise a nice glass and we toast Coach Shannon with Eric LeGrand, Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Where can we get it, Eric? I was going to say, make sure you check out all the liquor stores throughout New Jersey. And if they don't have it, tell them to contact their allied rep. We're trying to take over New Jersey, make Eric LeGrand Bourbon the official bourbon of the state of New Jersey. And also, if you can visit our online store, ericlegrandwhiskey.com, and we'll have it delivered right to your doorstep. All right. Salute, my friend. We'll talk soon.
Salut. Salut, Chindan. That's Eric Legrand. Here's New Jersey 101.5, fast traffic. Weather brought to you by Wendy's. Wendy's homestyle French toast sticks are so good, some are saying they're better than their mom's French toast. Perfectly crispy on the outside, perfectly fluffy on the inside, perfectly perfect in every way. Try Wendy's homestyle French toast sticks today and see if they're better than your mom's. Steve Trevelis. Eric Legrand, how about that? We'll get that on the website. Kentucky Bourbon. Remember a Neil Diamond song, Kentucky Woman, Kentucky Bourbon? I feel so bad for Bruce Willis. Uh, Bruce Willis fan. He came from Pensgrove, New Jersey, and his wife is now pleading with a paparazzi to please leave him alone. Uh, she made the emotional plea over the weekend to stop yelling at him when he's out in public. Uh, if you don't know, Bruce Willis was diagnosed with aphasia last year, a neurological disease that hampers communication and recognition, which has since progressed to frontal temporal dementia. And uh, his wife, Emma Henning Willis, took to Instagram on behalf of Bruce. Uh, it's clear that there's a lot of education that needs to be put forth, she posted. So this one is going after all the photographers and video people that are trying to get those exclusives of my husband out and about. Just keep your space. I know this is your job, but maybe just keep your space. Uh, for the video people, please don't be yelling at my husband, asking him how he's doing or whatever. The woo-hooing and the yippee ki just don't do it, okay? Give him his space. Allow our family uh, or whoever's with him that day to be able to get him from point A to point B safely. And this is, uh, again, so sad uh, for what he's going through. Uh, and it, it gave me the idea, you know, for a topic, but the idea that, you know, today it's not so much the paparazzi. Today, everybody's the paparazzi. You know, you walk down the street, you see a celebrity. What do you do? You pull out your cell phone and not uncommon. You know, you're walking down the street, something happens, you pull out your cell phone. Think about all the video that's being taken, both good and bad. So what I want to do at 1-800-283-101.5, is ask you, who is the biggest celebrity that you have in your cell phone photos? Who's the biggest celebrity? And how did you, how did you get that picture? Right? If you go through your cell phone shots, and we all got them, right? and you don't want to take them out because you want to have them to show everybody that you got that shot, Who's the biggest celebrity in your cell phone photos? How did you get the shot? Did you happen to be walking down the street and you see like a celebrity going by? You whip out the phone. And did they know you were taking the picture? I mean, I don't think they'd care. But I mean, you know, I don't think anybody would like, you know, put their hand up. But maybe some do. Uh, but who have you got in your phone? Is it a, and it could be anybody. It could be like a, a, a movie star. It could be an athlete. Could be a, a singer, actor, TV, anybody. But think about, you know, we live here in New Jersey. Ryan and I were talking about this earlier. That, you know, it's hard in New Jersey because uh, there's so many famous people around. To get the people that would really stand out. But chances are, in your lifetime, since you've had your, you know, since you've had your phones, you've come in contact with somebody famous. So, of all the people that are in your phone, of all the pictures that are in the photo section of your cell phone, who is the biggest, who are some of the biggest names 
that you've got in your phone? How were you able to get that picture? You know, did you did you snap them at a club? Did you snap them when they were eating? Did you just happen to go buy them on the street? Danny Bonaducci used to work at WISP in Philadelphia. And he would tell me that uh, he got an apartment four minutes away from where he worked in Philadelphia. And it would take him four minutes to get to work in the morning. He did morning drive. It would take him 45 minutes to get home afterwards because everybody wanted to take a picture with him. And he's, he's, and the hardest thing is <clears throat> he would have to be the one showing him how to do it. Because back then, we talk about 10 years ago. So back then, it'd be like, or maybe 15 years ago. And back, uh, you know, okay, okay, wait a minute, hold on. And that's the other thing. You know, when you get the picture, like if you actually get a celebrity who's willing to take a picture with you, and then, like, the, the guy and the girl is nice enough to do it. And you're holding them up with, okay, okay, don't move. Okay, wait a minute. I got to figure it out. It's point and click. Why does point and click take so damn hard for people to figure out? Right? You want to take, take a picture? Like, pose. Okay, don't move. Uh, and yet you're sitting there and you're trying to hold that smile. And you could tell when you look at the picture how long the smile has been held. Because you go from looking, you know, with the, with the, you know, with the smile going up. And after a while, the smile starts to sag a little bit. Smile starts hanging down. 1-800-283-101.5. I right, Chad, biggest celebrity in your cell phone photos. Biggest celebrity. <laughs> if I pull your cell phone, who's the biggest celebrity we're going to see in those photos? Probably Joe Morris, the former running back for the New York Giants. How'd you get him? I, I was attending an event a few years ago, and he played for the Browns. He had a cup of coffee with the Browns for a hot second. I remember and that. I, I kind of got starstruck for a little bit. I said, Joe Morris, Joe Morris. And yeah, I think it, Joe Morris, me and Joe Morris are the only uh, celebrity picture I have in my phone. That's pretty cool. You know what? <laughs> He, uh, I remember when he played, and yeah. he got a job afterwards. Uh, his job was to make sure the uniform was it's serious. His job was they had a guy, and it was him and the Giants to make sure the uniform was being was being worn properly, oh. or the players would get fined. Oh. And Joe Mars, when he played, was a lot thinner than Joe Mars after he played. <laughs> yes, yeah. Joe Mars after he played was more like Joe Barrel, <laughs> and not Burrow. Barrel. It's nine thirty. Now the latest New Jersey news from... 101.5, Steve Trevelis. Uh, Bruce Willis's wife is pleading with the paparazzi to please leave her husband alone. He's dealing with uh, frontal temporal dementia. He's trouble getting from point A to point B, and the paparazzi just won't let him be. So I'm asking you, who's the uh, biggest celebrity you've got? In your cell phone photos. I know you wouldn't download them because you want to show everybody. And I'm giving you a chance to do that. At 1-800-283-101.5. Darren's on the Parkway on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Darren. How you doing, Steve? How you doing tonight? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Going home. Where are you coming uh, from? I met uh, work. Ah, where do you work? I uh, drive uh, with Rutgers. Oh, I'd be happy I to go home, though. You drive a bus for Rutgers? Yes. Cool. All right. So who you got in your phone? You must have everybody in your phone, then. <laughs> no. Um, so who I have on my phone uh, is Amy Lee from uh, the band Evanescence. I don't know if you know them or not. I heard of them. How did you get that? 
Uh, okay, so we went to one of their shows at the House of Blues in Orlando, and um, a friend of mine knew um, someone that was with the band. Right. And he got us in. He just said, follow me. And just act like you know what you're doing. And we walked in, and <laughs> eventually she walked up to us. And he asked us who we are, and he explained who he was. Right. And um, we asked if we could uh, get pictures. So, yeah, I uh, got a picture of her and me. Um, That's great. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Now, did they take it quickly, or was it one of those you got to hold the pose for about a half an hour while they figure out how to work the camera? Uh, it was quick. Actually, it was, uh, the first set of photos came out with red eye, uh-huh. and uh, I asked if we could do them again, and she said, yeah, sure, and we uh, redid them, and that was it. As a wonderful woman. Darren, great stuff. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Lori's in Browns Mills on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Lori. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm okay. All right, Lori. Who's in your cell phone? People. And I just thought of probably the most popular one is Eric Estrada. You got Eric Estrada in your phone? Yes, I have a, a selfie with him. How did you do that? Um... We, I worked for a venue, and the venue, uh, we were hosting um, an event at the Make-A-Wish Castle in Monroe. Oh, that's nice. It's a be- I've been there many times. It's a beautiful place. Yes. Who was the surprise guest? Nobody knew who it was. Nobody knew who it was going to be. And I had to go back to deliver something to him. And when I went back there, it was him. I was like, oh, my God. So I have a picture with him. I have a picture with the Jersey Shore crew, they got married. Uh, Dina got married at our venue. So Dina, Paulie, Vinny, and all them, we were in the photo booth with them. How about that? Now, what was it like? What was it like for them to take the picture? Were they into it? Were they willing to do it? Or was it just like, all right, we'll do it? It was a wedding, so everybody was probably, you know, feeling real good. But it was a good time. They were very cool about it. Nice. I like that. Now, was this a selfie or somebody actually take the picture? No, we have selfies, too. Okay, okay. And Carlos's bake shop sister, I don't remember her name, and her husband, they delivered stuff to our venue. Uh-huh. So I have to them. And Gail from Jersey Licious. Look at you. You're a regular You're a regular celebrity stalker there. You're getting everybody. Yeah, that's it. That's uh-huh. what I got. And Eric Estrada, like, did he try to sell you real estate or in Florida or anything like that? No, no, nothing like that. He was, uh... You know that face when you see it, though. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I was the only one that had the picture with him from everybody that was there that night from our staff. You were special. (laughs) Yeah. You were special. Good stuff. Let's talk to, uh... Vinny's on the dirt bike on New Jersey 101.5. Vinny. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Vinny? Good, good. How you doing, guys? Okay. How are you, Vinny? Oh, well, coming back from losing some money. You're losing? I don't want to know. I don't want to know how much you lost. I don't want to depress you. Let's talk about something happy. Who did you uh, Who did you get a picture with? I got a picture with Martin Sheen about 15 years ago. Really? Yeah, the president. A wedding photographer. He was walking by Central Park. Right. 
that we recognize him, and he just came over and he said, you want to take a picture? Are you I mean, kidding? Yeah, we took a picture. We took a picture of all of us. It was really fun. The guy was really nice, very, 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 very friendly. How about that? He was the president. He was in West Wing at the time as the president, right? Yes. How about that? You sound like Jackie Mason, Vinny. I got to tell you. I said I would love. It must be my Italian accent. That's what it is. I'm Martin Jean. I'm Martin Jean. I took a picture. What do you want? Rich is on the Parkway on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Rich. Hey, how you doing, Steve? Good, buddy. How about you? I'm doing well. Just driving home right now. Uh, who'd you get a picture with? Uh, I got a picture with Joe Piscopo, believe it or not. Um, I was actually went to check out a, a venue where my band was going to be playing the following week. Uh-huh. And he was there because his son was performing uh, on stage. And a young guy, about 18, mm-hmm. tremendous talent, great guitar player. And I just said, hey, Joe, I'm a big fan. Can I take a picture? And he couldn't have been a nicer guy. He said, yeah, absolutely. And we gave me a picture with him. So that's great. great. He really is a great guy. He really, really, you know, yeah. I, you know, like when they had that Joe Piscopo for governor, if he wanted it, he could probably do it. He's got the charm to be yeah. the governor. Absolutely. Yeah, man, Rich, good stuff. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. We did a show uh, a couple of times. Uh, Spadia, Jay Black, Jessica Nutt, Joe Piscopo, myself. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, there was one night at Catch a Rising Star that we were doing it, and there was a problem with the sound. So Joe just jumps up on stage without a microphone and just does like 30 minutes talking to the crowd, being Joe. And everybody, you know, loves him. There's certain people that walk in the room and they've got universal love. Piscopo is that guy. All right, who did you get a, who did you get a picture with? The, mo- the biggest celebrity in your phone, in your cell phone photos. Let me know who that is. Bill Spadia. 1.5, Steve Trevelis. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. Uh, Bruce Willis suffering from a form of dementia, and uh, his wife has asked that the paparazzi leave him alone. Uh, they tend to follow him. And I'm wondering, who's the biggest celebrity that you have in your phone? 1-800-283-101.5. Today, everybody's the paparazzi. Today, everywhere you go, um... If you're a celebrity, people whipping out the cell phones. If you see a celebrity, what's the first thing you do? It's replaced autographs, right? And, which is kind of better, I guess. You don't run up to somebody and interrupt them. Some people will still do it. You know, hand your autograph. Uh, I guess, given the choice, would you rather have the autograph or the selfie? I'd rather have, you know, I'd rather have the picture. Uh, I could put that on my wall. I could show people. I mean, the signature's okay, but... And with the way we are with cursive, I guess the signature is going to go away anyway. But uh, give me uh, give me the most famous person you've got in your phone. 1-800-283-101.5. Phil's in Roselle Park on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Phil. Hey, Steve. I've spoke to you before in the past. The subject comes up often. So I have seven presidents, nine first ladies. I have over 3,000 photos in my collection. How did you do that? For 30, 30 years. Now, what do you do? Are you, are, do you, are, is this part of your job? Well, no. At first, I, I'm a celebrity booking agent. Like, I bring celebrities like Eric Estrada and Larry Wilcox, Melissa oh. Gilbert, to, to conventions. So, I'm the one, if you see them at Comic-Cons, I'm the one that set the deal up. Oh, you got a cool job, dude. Yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah. 
definitely. But um, I've been doing it when I was 20 as a hobby. I collected autographs in New York and stuff. So my top five probably are Mother Teresa, Rosa Parks, Neil Armstrong, Mikhail Gorbachev, and seven presidents. Now, so, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, I'm getting this. I'm, I'm seeing Mother Teresa sitting at a table autographing pictures for 20 bucks a throw. It's, the, it's not like she doesn't appear at Comic-Con, does she? No, no, no. This is when she was at the monastery in the Bronx. Okay. Um, and she was there. I don't know if you remember back way back when Princess Diana went to see her. I do remember. Yeah. So that's where she was staying in New York. And I befriended a nun and she let me in and got me to meet her. How about that? In those days, it wasn't as easy as whipping out the cell phone. I mean, that was a picture. No, there was get. no cell phones back yeah, then. Yeah, you had to actually take a picture. Yeah, it was the old uh, throwaway cameras that you wind and stuff. No, that was that was really good. Now, how did you get the presidents? Um, there's like fundraisers and political events. They campaign, so they come around um, fundraisers and stuff like that. Now, do you have to time that? Because I got a friend of mine who's got a picture with Reagan and shaking hands, and it wasn't like the Reagan didn't pose for the picture. Like it had to be one of those at the exact moment that they shake hands. The third guy's got to snap the shot. You're only going to get one shot at that. Is that the way it is? Or do the presidents actually say, "No, Phil, I'll gladly stand here and hold a smile for you." Well, sometimes they have fundraisers, so you can go and pay like a thousand dollars to do the dinner fundraiser, and then they line everybody up in a assembly line and take right. the pictures. But when they're campaigning and they're like shaking hands, then you kind of got to take it on the run, have somebody waiting and say, oh, the camera's right there, look up. Reagan is actually the only one I don't have. Mm-hmm. I have everybody from Gerald Ford to uh, Biden, but I'm missing Reagan. Who is the toughest one to get? Obama, hands down. Why? He's just not cool. He doesn't like doing it. You don't like stopping. He actually says, I don't do selfies. Oh, God. All right, Phil, thanks for the call. Let's get Giovanni in Orange on New Jersey 101.5. Giovanni, who you got? What's going on, Steve? How are you making out tonight, boy? Doing good, pal. How are you? Good, good, good. I was uh, up at Ridgewood Station one day and uh, just happened to look up, and who do I see? The stuttering lawyer from uh, my cousin Vinny. Oh, nice, nice. You get a selfie? Yeah, I got a selfie, and... Uh, Guy was like, "How did you recognize me?" I said, "How can I miss you with that nose you got?" (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff, man. (laughs) Jersey news and Jersey views live here. WKXW Trenton, WKXW HD. Steve Trebleys, till 11 o'clock tonight on New Jersey 101.5. Number to get through, 1-800-283-101.5. I am so happy to have this guy on. Joe Satriani is the world's most commercially successful solo guitar performer. Six gold and platinum discs to his credit. Sales in excess of 10 million copies. And not only is Joe Satriani a legendary guitarist, he's an accomplished artist as well. He's going to be showcasing his work this Saturday at the Wentworth Gallery in Atlantic City, Sunday at King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, and he joins us now. Joe, thanks so much for coming on. How are you? I'm good tonight. How about you? I'm great, man, that you're here. Tell us about the showings. This is fantastic. 
it's a crazy thing doing uh, artwork. I mean, after spending so many uh, years around the world on stages just playing my guitar, uh, I finally get to uh, display my artwork, stuff I used to, you know, just have at home and show my friends or scare my friends with. <laughs> it's an acquired taste, I tell people, you know, my subject matter, but um, I really love it. I've been, you know, drawing and painting since I was a little kid. And uh, I, if, you know, I've gotten this opportunity to expand my horizons and, you know, uh, my artistic desires and, and uh, Christian and, and the whole team at Wentworth Gallery have been so supportive. Um, you know, I, I met them through the Scene 4 Art Collective in L.A. who were doing these really unusual time-lapse photography of guys like Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers and drummer from Black Sabbath and just crazy artwork. And I, I on a break of this photo session, I showed them some of my artwork and they thought, whoa, this is definitely crazy. Get along with this guy. <laughs> and uh, so we started this uh, association. They introduced me to Christian at Wentworth Gallery, and, and uh, uh, Christian uh, really has been a great supporter and let me paint all kinds of things. So I'm painting real guitars that you can play, and I'll, I'll actually be playing them this weekend. Nice. For the people at the gallery. That's and great. Paint all sizes, canvases, and you know anywhere from the American flag to the strangest looking aliens you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like uh, you get it in your mind, you create it. Does your art give you a break from being a musician and provide you with another outlet, or do they somehow inspire each other? I'd say a little bit of both. I mean, you're definitely right. You know, there's a there's a connection there. Um, oddly enough, the last couple of years when I was uh, spending a lot of time painting uh, more than, let's say, the previous years, I found myself listening to a lot of catalog music by other artists that I grew up listening to, but, you know, it didn't really have the time to dig deep anymore because I was so busy touring and, and recording my own albums. And uh, the funny thing was I found I kept listening to Black Sabbath like every day for like six hours. And so uh, if you see some strange paintings, they're to blame. <laughs> <laughs> Christian says, Joe is a master storyteller. Just as his music draws in the listener, his art draws in the viewer. His artwork is emotional, imaginative, and fantastic. Not only do you see the universe through Joe's eyes, but you contemplate our place in it. You can do that through a guitar. How were you able to do that through a paintbrush? Uh, well, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, I, I grew up um, youngest of five kids, and my older sisters are art, uh, artists themselves, and, and, you know, they have degrees in fine art. Um, I wound up marrying an artist as well, and, and my wife has a degree in graphic arts. Uh, my son wound up getting an art degree as well as a film degree, so... I've grown up around these artists who are truly gifted at uh, the kind of art that we've seen for many years, uh, all the way from advertisements to, to the classics you see um, in museums. And then there's me. <laughs> who, <laughs> the guitarist I, in the family. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I have been a musician since I've been nine years old, and I've been in a rock band since I was 14. And that's my main thing. I just love that. And I, I pour that attitude uh, into every canvas that I do. So I'm not looking to be very representational, let's say, with the art. I'm really interested in bringing the inner feeling 
of my subject, which, you know, whether it's a, a self-portrait or somebody that I've interacted with or somebody I'm imagining or making up, or even a place, let's say if I'm trying to conjure up a, what some place in outer space might look like, you know, I leave the outer space realism to NASA. They, they <laughs> amazing <laughs> photographs <laughs> from light years away. So I'm not competing with that. And I certainly don't compete with the fantastic graphic artists who can, you know, paint uh, a face so real you think it's a photograph. I try to bring feelings out that people would normally hide or perhaps things that they really feel but they they don't want other people to know about it. And I find that fascinating because that's kind of like how a musician writes songs. You dig deep and you say, I know, no, you know, my audience may not want to talk about it, but they should. So I'm going to write a song about it. And then we can all experience that feeling together. And that kind of cathartic process is good for the artist and, and the audience, I think, because it, it makes us face our fears and and remember all the great things all the funny things that that happened in life and every time you look at it hanging on your wall you're brought back to that place and it's a place of serenity it, it is true yeah and and you know it's when i look at like uh some of the paintings from moldoviani you know over a hundred years ago and he he painted some just absolutely beautiful portraits but they're all strange looking <laughs> really how he did it but but that's what really got to me over the years because I saw, you know, uh, cubism and, and uh, representationalism and everything in between. And I was thinking, you know, here's this guy who really somehow uh, you look at it and you go, well, that's a person sitting in a chair. But when you look at each part of the body, you go, well, that's not right. You know, that's too big. That's too long. Mm-hmm. That's too wide. That's too skinny. But somehow they, uh, he brought out the beauty in these people and their personality, and I was really intrigued about that. I thought that was very rock and roll because, you know, uh, you you can listen to Steely Dan or the Ramones. They have their own way of doing it, but they're kind of toying with melody and harmony and rhythm and sound to try to get this sort of picture in your mind started uh, you, about this you, thing, you know, and I, I just love that. You brought out the beauty in so many great guitarists over the years. Uh, how does it feel when you see them develop and you see them go out on their own with their own, you know, marquee bands? How do you feel watching them perform? Oh, great. Uh, absolutely great. Um, I remember, you know, sitting in a little guitar store in Berkeley, California, uh, and watching Kirk Hammett come in with his mother mm-hmm. for lessons. <laughs> and I, I, can, I can say the same thing about like Charlie Hunter and even Steve I back when I was growing up on Long Island. Uh, these are these are my friends who I've known since we were all kids, really. Especially with Steve, he was 12 when he started taking lessons. So, and we really grew up together. And uh, later on, when I was teaching. Out, out here in California, um, I was, you know, a grown-up of whatever, 23, 24 years old. But when I, you know, when you're that old and you're teaching a 12 or a 14-year-old, you're pretty old. <laughs> you is like totally grown up. Uh-huh. And and I could see that that generation was coming up with something that was going to change the world because it was Alex Skolnick who went on with Testament. Right. Um, and and uh, uh, Kirk, we mentioned with Metallica, uh, and it it was obvious that these guys were really going to 
make a mark on the world. Uh, and they were so dedicated. So it was always so much fun just trying to keep up with them. And that makes you feel good paying it forward. I think that's the idea. I learned that from uh, the high school music teacher that I had. Uh, I went to Car Place High School right in the middle of uh, Nassau County, a small public high school. But we happened to have this really young Juilliard graduate who I don't know why he wound up there. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was he you know he could look at me this super long hair wearing motorcycle boots listening to Sabbath and Zeppelin, and he could sit me down and somehow get through to me that I had to learn you know classical music theory and it wasn't a big deal you learn it and you forget it you know and it becomes natural. And uh, he was the first one who uh, showed me that you have to surrender everything you know to the younger generation. So I benefited from his selflessness and his great teaching ability, his knowledge. And so when I was sitting there in the guitar store and, and I'm looking at Charlie Hunter, uh, you know, Kevin Cadigan and David Bryson and and Alex and Kirk, I, I remembered that. I remembered, yeah, Bill Westcott, he gave... Everything he knew to me and Steve and all the rest of the kids that were going to Car Place High School, and so it's my time to do that. You know, it's my my turn to to uh, pay it forward, as he said. Right, and you got it from Hendrix and Clapton and Jimmy Page. Now, who do you tell, other than you, of course? Who do you tell the young guitarists to listen to now and learn from? Oh, anything they like. I, you know, it's so important just to to focus on the music that you like because. I mean, in the end, it's it's you can't really compare apples to oranges. You know, you you can't look at a a metal player and say that they're better than a blues player or a classical guitar player. Uh, you know, is better than a pop guitar player. It it it's just music. You know, we we're our job is to make people feel good, to make music so they so it accompanies their life, so they can use it in their life, and that is the main goal. So that the idea that competition really doesn't really makes sense. So I never like take a student and say, don't listen to that person, listen to this person because <laughs> mm -hmm. they're cooler, you know, or maybe because they're more complicated or they play faster or louder, whatever it might be. I don't think that really matters. And, and uh, a good example actually is uh, when I was mentioning some of the students that I had, I remember there were, you know, in one day I might see Charlie Hunter, who went on to be a, a brilliant jazz guitar player. Uh, you know, Alex and and Kirk, Rick Huno, just a lot of uh, of the thrash metal players that were just getting started. There was also Kevin Cadigan, who went on to play with Third Eye Blind and and David Bryson, uh, with Counting Crows, and all of them were different. And and I would certainly not force. David Bryson, you know, to try to get more thrash metal or try to get Kirk to play more jazz like uh, Charlie Hunter, that'd be silly, you know. So I never would come up and say to them, you should listen to this guy, and, you know, as a way of sort of steering them away or in a particular direction. That was another thing that I learned from Bill. He never really did that when we were taking music theory classes in high school. He... Um, listen to what it was that we liked, and he helped explain it to us. How about that? He allowed you to grow into the person that you are and not the person that somebody else wanted you to become. Exactly. 
Joe, thanks so much for coming on. Joe Satriani, the Wentworth Gallery at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City on Saturday, 6 to 9. Sunday, March 12th, Wentworth Gallery at King of Prussia, 1 to 4. I can't thank you enough, and best of luck with the show, Joe. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to you. Have a good night. You too. Right, 1-800-283-101.5. Here's New Jersey 101.5 Fast Traffic. 101.5. This St. Patrick's Day, New Jersey 101.5 is giving you the luck of the Irish. You're going to win a free New Jersey lottery scratch-offs, plus a Wegmans gift card. Just listen at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. for our secret code word. Enter in our app to win free New Jersey lottery scratch-offs and a Wegmans gift card. There's three lucky winners every weekday. Thanks to our sponsor, New Jersey Lottery and Wegmans Food Market. Stop by your local store or order at Wegmans.com. May the luck of the Irish be with you. From New Jersey, 101.5. Steve Trevelis, Ryan Bissell. He was uh-huh. on Joe Satriani. Yeah. How about yeah. that, man? Some great stories. Yeah, of all kinds of stuff. Uh, all kinds of stuff, too, not just uh, the regular music stuff. He's played with everybody. And he's played everywhere. I mean, he's like one of the most amazing guitarists ever. And he's taught, as you heard, so many people. You know, and I love the line where he said, you know, you have to be willing to give up everything you know to the next generation. And when you think about a guy as accomplished as he is, you know, and you think about that resume and you think about all the great guitarists and like what he talked about paying it forward, you know, and that's that's what you do in all walks of life. You know, there are people that took me on the wing way back when and taught me how to do this. Yeah. And then I do it for, I try to do for people like you, people, everybody else. But to hear him say it, it's like, you know, and I said, you know, because a lot of guitarists or whatever, a lot of, some like, sometimes old rockers or whatever, they'll be like, uh, you know, this is the way to do it. This is the way it's got to be done. So when the new kids come up, it's like, no, no, you got to do it this way. Or there's that preset in any walk of life. Yeah. It's got to, you got to, this is the way I do it. This is the way it's right. This is the way you got to do it. And they go off on their own and you're like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> but for him to be like, you know, here's one of the greatest guitarists of all time sitting there saying, you know what? I know nothing. Yeah. Let's see what you can do. And, and then on top of that, be willing to sit back and support that and let, let that kid grow. As opposed to, yeah, that's what he's doing. In my day, we did it like this. Yeah, I, I think a lot of my favorite uh, teachers or you know mentor figures growing up and even now uh, tend to be people who are who who are very clearly living as lifelong students, not just people who are like, I've learned everything. Now I'm the teacher. You know, the people who are there saying, you know. I, I'm I know enough to teach this, but also you know, there's always stuff that I can learn from everybody. Yeah, you've never, no matter what, you know, you you never get to the point where you know everything because nobody knows everything. And there's always something else to learn. There was a episode of All in the Family. Mm-hmm. You never watched All in the Family, right? Nope, just yeah. one. Chad watched All in the <laughs> Family, right? There's, yeah. a, there's an episode of All in the Family when uh, Rob Reiner, uh, you know, Meathead, uh, said that he got this from a guy in a park or whatever. Every man, he said this to Archie, every man is my superior in that I may learn from him. Mm. I drove Archie Mm. nuts. I just had Joe Satriani on. And he said that, picture a guy as accomplished as Joe Satriani talking about, he's he's developed so many great guitarists. Yeah. He's always been a great teacher and he's turned on so many into the, you know, uh, great guitarists. And he said that uh, what you have to do is be able, and his, his music teacher told him 
that you have to be able to give up everything you know to the next generation mm. and to give them that clean slate and not try to like impose your will on them. And this is how they, this is how he was able to grow. And this is how he was able to watch them grow. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. It, you know, it, it really is when you see like all the, you know, when you see like all the people that, you know, that have learned from Joe Satriani yeah. and you look at the body of work, him with chicken foot, you know, and all those other great bands he was with. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's going to be on the website tomorrow. 10.30. Now the latest New Jersey news. 283, 101.5, Steve Trevelis. All right, tomorrow night we got trivia, music, movies, television, New Jersey, New Jersey, 101.5. Ryan, what are we giving away tomorrow night? Do we know? I'm not sure yet. Uh, me and Scott will figure that out. Okay. Tomorrow. Scraping through the prize <laughs> closet. We got some great candy. Yeah, lots of lots of Halloween candy. Yeah. From nineteen seventy nine. It's all yours, no problem. Uh, we'll hook you up. All right. Uh, Gemini is going to be here. Justin Gonzalez. Luigi, the Tiramisu guy, is going to be here. Tiramisu Telling guy. the story of the original, uh, the origins of Tiramisu. The origins. It was born out of a brothel. Really? Yeah. It's a whole thing. Uh, that's a tease. you got to tune in tomorrow night to find out. I guess so. I'll tell you off the air. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the tiramisu, the dessert born out of a brothel. Uh, and there'll be tiramisu. Uh, not from a brothel. Not from a brothel. Uh, Luigi's going to be here, and then we got Dina Blizzard on Thursday night, and uh, a good time shall be had by y'all. Eric Legrand, just, um, Joe Satriani, going to be on the website shortly. You sent me the sound? Uh, yes, I did. Well, we got the sound. All right. In the meantime, in between time, we got this. I've got news for you. Excellent news. Now it's time for headlines and trev lines. I read the news today. There's Steve comments on the headlines of New Jersey. Brace yourself, folks. For mind-blowing news. As only Steve can. What the hell's going on out here? And what is going on out here? Well, Steve, today is, uh, oh my gosh, National Cereal Day. National Cereal Day. Yes, sir, March 7th. Uh, And so here are the top ten, or top five, uh, New Jersey cereals. Number five is Frosted Flakes, the one with the tiger on it. I don't need to get right. Yeah. Uh, cinnamon Toast Crunch, which I, like I, cinnamon I agree toast. with. You know, Cinnamon Toast Crunch came up with this new thing called Mini Toast Crunches. You ever seen them? Is it just the same thing, but smaller? But small. Small little, like, pellets. Oh. Is it is it still cereal? Yeah, it's, it's Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's just made into little pellets instead of being the regular flakes. That's pretty good. You get more, uh, what is it, uh, cinnamon sugar uh, yeah. on each thing. Well, you take that. Yeah. And you put that over ice cream, or oh, man. you mix that with like vanilla yogurt. See, growing up, there was a, a family that I was friends with. They wouldn't have cereal as a breakfast food. They would have it as a dessert. Really? Yeah. Because well, it depends on what the cereal is. You wouldn't do like uh, grape nuts, is it? <laughs> you want some nice raisin bran uh, for dessert? Well, raisin bran's bran. I, like, I always like raisin bran. Well, but yeah. grape nuts is like I don't know, it's like chewing sand. <laughs> I've never had grape nuts. You're not missing anything. Um, number three is Lucky Charms, which is basically dessert cereal. Well, if you, now they only sell the marshmallows as well. 
They sell yeah. like a Just Marshmallow You bag? can buy Quaker. Yeah, you could buy Lucky Charms Just Marshmallow. As a matter of fact, didn't they have a contest that if you got the box with Just Marshmallows, you won a prize of some kind, like a big money prize? That sounds like something they would have done, but I, I can't they recall. See, they don't also, they don't put prizes in boxes anymore. Maybe I just haven't been shopping recently. Well, no, he's with a, no, in other words, but, it was the, the marshmallow, if you got the box of marshmallows, yeah. you won, you gave it to them, they gave you some kind of big check or something. Oh. Big, not like, you know, they put the little toy in the box. <laughs> you won the prize. Yeah, you don't get, you don't get <laughs> the toy. Congratulations. Well, back in my day, they used to give you a record. Uh, the Archies had a song called Sugar Sugar. Oh, I know that one. Okay. Uh, when Sugar Sugar came out, which had to be like 1969, 1970, mm -hmm. the, what they did was if you bought, I forget what cereal it was, but on the back of the box, the literal back of the box was the record. So you would take the back of the box off, put it on your record player, and it would play the song. No way. Like, okay. and it would be, would it be vinyl, like the back of the box? No, no, it was like a cardboard, but a it was cardboard. like somehow played. I mean, we actually went out and bought the freaking record. But I mean, you know, that's the way it was. I wonder how much one of those would go for online. Oh, that's a good question. Since they don't even sell record players anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, records have been making a resurgence. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Vinyl's making a comeback. Yeah. Because they, in the beginning, it was, look how great the CDs sound. Then it suddenly became, look how great the vinyl sounded. What changed? <laughs> they like the warm, crackly tone now. It's like having a nice fire. The Q-Burn. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let's see what Helen wants. Helen, you're on New Jersey 101.5. What's up? It was back, uh, back of the honeycomb box. The honeycomb box. You're right. The honeycomb yep, box. Honeycomb. Did you have it? Same with the. Yeah, and also the ones with the um, the bride. Here come the bride or something. It that was, was the, show, the Seattle, right? The bluest guys you ever yep. seen in Seattle, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that was on the box too. Yep. I, they would sell a lot. Of, a lot of the um, honeycombs. Honeycomb was the one that carried it, and you cut it out and you play it. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. All right, Helen, thanks. See that? There we go. You. Answer okay. the question. Now we know. There you go. Yeah, they don't know anymore. What was number two? Uh, number two was uh, Cheerios. It says Cheerios, but I'm going to assume it's the Honey Nut Cheerios. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't see as a dessert. Yeah. And then number one, this one surprised me, Rice Krispies, like regular Rice Krispies. Just regular Rice Krispies? Yeah. See, I would have thought that, like, uh, the Flintstones Well, you know, cereal. they're not talking dessert. They're talking no. just cereal. Yeah, they're just talking general, like, breakfast. Uh, I can see that. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, personally, well, I mean, they've, they've come up with yeah. so many great cereals. Have you ever tried Crave? That was going to be the one that I would <laughs> that's say. Would be, that's, that's the dessert. That's a dessert, yeah. Okay. Yes, there, there are many times during the pandemic that Ryan would start one of those in the morning and finish it at night. <laughs> we would crave the crave. <laughs> crave the crave. Do you mix the cereals? Do you like Seinfeld? Do you blend them together? Uh, there are a few that I will. There are a lot that I won't because a lot of them, like, they're made to be like that thing. Like, they have their own mix already in there. Mm -hmm. um, but I will mix Crave and um, Reese's Puffs. That's well, that that's one's pretty, pretty cool. good. Yeah, uh, okay. Some chocolate peanut butter action, um, and then I'll mix uh, Reese's Puffs, not Reese's Puffs, uh, uh, a cinnamon sugar one. We just had it on the list. Oh, cinnamon toast crunch. Cinnamon toast crunch. I'll mix that one with uh, like Rice Krispies or something like that, like a Cheerios thing. Okay, George, what's up? You're on New Jersey 101.5. Yeah, what are they talking about right now? Cereal. Oh, what? Uh, what's? What do they want to? What do they want to know? Uh, we're not really asking anything about. It. We're just talking about it. What's your favorite cereal, George? Oh, oh, so, oh, is this? Uh, uh, what's my favorite cereal? Um, You're only going to get uh, more favorite. difficult, George. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't eat a whole lot of cereal. I'm a keto diet, but I like uh, Swiss Familia uh, Life cereal. Okay. Swiss Familia Life. All right, George. Not on the list. Yeah. Okay. All Jersey. 1.5. Let New Jersey 101.5 help with your next Target run. You can win a free $100 Target gift card from Hackensack Meridian Health. Download or visit our free New Jersey 101.5 app. Enter today for your chance to win. All right. Somehow, some way, we start talking about cereals. And if you're going to talk about cereal, there's two cereals that must be mentioned. And the John in Lawrenceville wants to bring them up. Okay, what are they? Hello, Steve. John from Lawrenceville again. Nice talking to you. Always nice. Now, give me those two cereals. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you tomorrow during trip. No, 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 no. Tell me the cereals. Yeah, do you remember Quisp and Quake? Yeah, Quisp, Q-U-I-S-P, and Quake. Now, what was the difference? Oh, they were actually tasted the same, but different shapes. Right. But they tasted just like Captain Crunch. They did? Yeah. It was like uh, the other company that they, or whatever, like tried to uh, duplicate it, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, because I remember Eric Potts was in here one night. We were talking about Quisp and Quake. He was a big Quisp and Quake fan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it actually was a great dessert. I won't eat it today. It'd probably give you diabetes immediately. <laughs> yeah, but what a way to go. You know what? That, that's was, the thing. Good. Yeah, it was good shit. <laughs> uh, you, you, you can't say that. I had to dump. You know, I mean, yeah, I had them all. No. Uh, you know, I got them, though. I got them. All right. So, uh, so what else we got? All right. So, Steve, how, how is your uh, New Jersey State uh, symbol knowledge? My New Jersey State symbol? Your, well, no, your knowledge. I didn't know there Jersey was State a New symbols. Jersey State. All right, give it to me. Give it to me. All right. So we, the, whoever wrote this article, it's uh, Eric Scott. He did a very good job. He set it up as kind of like a question and answer thing. Okay. So the official state bird, we have three options. Is it the northern cardinal? <laughs> the middle finger? Is it the middle finger? Yes. The northern cardinal or the eastern goldfinch? I'm going to say the, uh, is it the golden cardinal or the eastern goldfinch? It's it's one of those two. Which one is I'm it? I'm going to go goldfinch. It's the eastern goldfinch. Good there job. There you go. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, hold on. <laughs> okay. Next, next, next. Very good, Steve. The next one here is our official flower. Is it the great blue uh, lobelia, the meadow violet, or the purple cone flower? It's the violet. Yes, it is. It's the violet. Okay. Now, this one's a little bit harder. Okay. And I didn't know we had this one. What is our state soil? Our state soil manure. Is it it pollen's kill soil, rockaway soil, or downer soil? Downer soil? It is downer soil. Depressing kind of dirt. Three for three. How about that? Depressing kind of dirt. Good job, Steve. Okay. What else can I do for you? Um, what is it? Ben Savage from uh, Boy Meets World is officially launching a, con- a congressional campaign. Seriously? Yeah, Ben Savage. He wants to replace Boy Adam Schiff. Boy Meets Country. He yeah, Boy to- Meets Country, yeah. I always thought that, uh, who was it that replaced Adam Schiff? I always thought it was uh, Diana. Remember Law and Order, right? Adam Schiff, played by Stephen Hill, left the show. 
Oh, I don't have no Stephen Hill got to start in Mission Impossible, for those of you that didn't know that, you Law & Order fans. <laughs> Diana Wheats, I think her name was, and she replaced as the district attorney, and Giuliani introduced her to the show. And then she leaves, and Fred Dalton Thompson becomes the district attorney uh, on Law and & Order. And then uh, he leaves, and then uh, Sam McCoy becomes the district attorney on the yeah. Law & Order show. And then the Law & Order goes off the air for 10 years, and they bring Law & Order back, like, three year, two years ago. And here's Sam, Sam Waterston playing uh, Jack McCoy. That's it. Sam Waterston's the actor, 83 years old. Wow. And he's playing district attorney Jack McCoy. Did it work? It does, but, I mean, the thing is, first of all, what district, who's going to, at 83 years old, continue on as district attorney of New York City? He's at a real bulldog. Point, you, you have retired at that point? The battle axe. Yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> well, who, what district attorneys are 83 years old? And it's like, okay, what should we do, Jack? I think it's, it's like Biden. I mean, it's just so weird to see Biden talk because he's like a hundred, and you know, you don't think of like a leader. You know what I mean? Of the yeah. free world, with you want you speak a young, dynamic, hands-on guy. Anything you kids that ain't get off my lawn. I mean, you know, it's like the same thing with Waterston. As, Check as for Jack, a pulse. I love Jack. I mean, I loved Law and Order when Jack McCoy was the young, vibrant, you know, fifty-something guy. Yeah, he's a little old now. I mean, and he's got these. And I love saying Waterston's a good guy, but he's got like white hair uh -huh. and these black eyebrows that look like they were painted on like Groucho. Oh, real quick. Okay. Yeah, so real the, quick. The, ver go. the very first time um, I ever saw anyone in my family dye their hair. My mom dyes their hair, which I later found out. Right. But my older brother. You didn't um, know? I didn't. Well, I didn't realize. Okay. Uh, my older brother, he dyed his hair black. He was going through like a metal phase in, in the middle of high school. Oh, God, so he, he dyes his, his whole head black and he also wants to get the eyebrows. So he gets the, the ink all over his thumbs and just goes straight across his eyebrows, which also then inked the skin around his oh. eyebrows. So we had these big, thick eyebrows for like a week. We called him the Lego Man. <laughs> you know, uh, Groucho Marx. Have you ever seen pictures of Groucho Marx? I don't think so. You know who Groucho Marx is? The name sounds familiar. He's a comedian. Uh, and he had, if you look at a picture of Groucho Marx, he had the really thick eyebrows and a really thick mustache. And it was just like that. The eyebrows just like that. But it was grease paint. It wasn't real. Oh my gosh. Yeah. His name was Julius. <laughs> All right. Let's do this again tomorrow now. See you on Monday. Uh yeah, Monday. But you'll sneak in Thursday night for some tiramisu. If it's happening, this has been the Steve Travelee Show On Demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or NJ1015.com. New Jersey 101.